Ladies and gents, welcome to episode four. I'm your host, JB, and this is Until the Lights Go Out. Etienne Doucette, E.T., whatever you want to call him, the man, the myth, the legend. Hey, you already know. They already call him whatever you want to call me. Just don't call me late for supper. Is that what they say? Is that the punchline? Uh, I don't – it doesn't sound right. That didn't flow yeah. right. Sorry, guys. But if you say it, then we'll just rock with it. How you doing today, bro? You doing good? Yeah, man. Actually, today was a good day. Went to the chiropractor today. Found out that Oof. I have a – um, herniated lumbar or whatever, which is basically means my bag broke. It's spinal. <laughs> Isn't your lumbar, is that like right above your hip range? Yeah, right yeah. above my hip. Yep, yep. But it's not a big deal. It's just basically like, it's just inflamed. So it's not super duper bad. He said a couple week of treatments and, and I should be okay. Uh, but that was fun. You know, it makes sense on why my you know, my back's always hurting. I thought it was just from carrying every team I ever played on, but apparently it's. That's... When in all reality, that's the chiropractor's way of saying, hey, bring me your money for the next three or four weeks. Literally, <laughs> probably it. I'm like, I feel so much better. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. Not really. Uh, not See, really. here's where they get you. So I went to the chiropractor for sciatic nerve pain. And how they get you is it's the first time, you know, they pop you into place. You leave there feeling like a new person. You're able to breathe better. Everything's <laughs> great. Then the second time you come in there, oh, bro, I swear that man put on a Mike Tyson face mask, bro. <laughs> he started beating me up, bro. My body hurts so bad. <laughs> For like four days after, I was like, nah. Hey, if you're a chiropractor and you're listening to this, we're on to you, bro. We're on to you. Yeah, but if you're listening to this and you want to sponsor us and give me free alignments, bro, hey. I'll shut you out every yeah. week, and I won't. I won't make fun of you ever again. Ever again, for real. Other than that, oh, feeling pretty good. Goodness. It's been a long day, but life is good. Yeah, my day's been pretty good too. Pretty long, but I'm glad to be on the podcast. So, how'd your NFL team do on Sunday, bro? Hey, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a podcast, and we're here to talk. But you know, I'm just gonna be honest with you guys, like. Man, there's a couple things that I realized in that game, being the diehard Dallas Cowboy fan I am. Dak Prescott, man's really good. CeeDee Lamb is going to be super great, all right? That man's going to be the real deal. Amari Cooper, great. Zeke Elliott, I think he could have rushed for some more, maybe if he got some more touches. But let me tell you what the problem is. That defense is a firm believer in social distancing, all right? I don't know if they're just trying to do their civic duty, I don't know what it is, but when Odell Beckham on the last play or one of the last plays or offensive plays they do, and he runs around Alden Smith, and four dudes just watch this man cut up the field like Swiss cheese, man, I'm like, guys, I know Odell. I know I called Odell for being missing. He must have heard it, bro, because he took it out on my team. But <laughs> I'm looking at it like this, man. Our defense is so bad. And I'm going to be honest with you, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I just reminds me that I think all my teams are meant to have terrible defenses this year and just have really explosive offense. The only problem is we don't got Kyle Trask, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I think 
I don't think it's a coaching problem. I don't think it's, you know, I don't even know if it's a defensive coordinator problem. I think it might just be having the, the pieces to that defense. Yeah. Um, I think that there has to be a leader on that defense. Sure. Um, originally, I thought maybe the Cowboys should have went after Earl Thomas, but I think that we realize now that Earl Thomas might be the T.O. of a team and just he's not a good fit for any team unless you can find a coach that can, you know, keep him in check. But Yeah, and here's another thing, and I, I know I say this a couple of times and I don't want to, like, keep making it sound like I'm making excuses, but can we just take a moment to look at, like, are the Browns good? I mean, this is the first time in a long time they've had a winning record. In fact, since 2014, I think that they've been above 500, I think is what I read. And not just that, but they're three and one. And like, don't get me wrong. I mean, they've played, um, they lost to the Ravens, which is a good loss, but they got blown out. Um, they beat the Bengals, they beat Washington, they beat the Cowboys. So technically, I think the Bengals are 0 and 4. If I'm right, Washington's won one game. The Cowboys have only won one game. But man, they're dropping 35, 34, 49 points a game. I don't know. The Bengals are actually 1 2 and 1. Oh, 1 2 and 1. That's right. They tied. I forgot about that. Okay, so. But, I mean, we're going to find out in a minute kind of what they're made of because they play the Colts, which are actually surprisingly 3-1. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I was impressed. I thought they were really well put together, and their defense looks pretty solid. But I just don't. I'm nervous about the Cowboys, man. The crazy thing is we could still win a division. I think that the Browns are like a low-key good. I think they had so much hype last year. But I think thanks to Tampa Bay, I think that all that hype went down there. And it – was able to keep the Browns like kind of flying under the radar. And so we'll see, like you said, you know, how they do now who's not flying under the radar and who is absolutely balling out is again, we've talked about this the previous weeks of the Buffalo bills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Buffalo bills, man, I, I mean, we just got to start to take them seriously. And, and I said this before the season and I'll continue to ride this one. Um, you know, I knew Josh Allen was going to be a baller, and, um, you know, he was one of the guys, him and Kyler Murray were two guys that I booked to be like a sleeper-type MVP candidate. Um, I think Josh Allen is really just – he's so physical. His ability to run and his ability to make plays um, is just next level. But, man, people need to put some respect on Stefan Diggs' name, bro. You remember, like, people were kind of calling out Stefan Diggs when he played for the Vikings, kind of like you're only good because of Christian Kirk – or Christian Kirk – that's his name? What's his name? Why would you forget his name? Uh, Christian Kirk is a receiver. Not Christian Kirk. Gosh, my mind just went back. What's the quarterback from Minnesota? I just forgot his name. Whatever. Kirk Cousins. Um, but also looking at it like this, like, man, Stefan Diggs has been a quiet, nasty receiver and been really consistent. And I think it's kind of like goes to show you that, man, Josh Allen is, is really up and coming, and I think he's going to have continue to have a great season. And, um, man, if he stays healthy, I mean, he made us nervous, gave us a mini heart attack when he decided to – get shoved to the ground really aggressively trying to throw a ball. But yeah, my fantasy team, uh, I don't think I went into so much of a panic um, when he hit the ground and I saw him get taken to the locker room. Yeah. He's single-handedly um, wearing your fantasy team like a backpack. Oh yeah. Yeah. He definitely, he's going to need to hit the chiropractor <laughs> uh, for how much he's holding my fantasy team on his back. I'm here for it though. I mean, whatever he's got to do, listen, keep me, Keep me going. You know, I smacked Logan already. I smacked D. I smacked Joseph. Anybody can get it. I smacked Uncle Shane. Any of y'all can get it. Anybody can get it. My dad's next. Um, Another quarterback, bro, that is just absolutely balling out in the offense. Just looks like a vintage team. Their vintage years is the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers. Them boys are just 
I don't listen. If it takes if it takes drafting a quarterback every year, I think the Packers might want to look into yep. it. Yep. I mean, I might want to look into pick. it because yeah, because this this man is just absolutely lights out balling. Um, Dude, he only had six incompletions. Those for three twenty seven and four touchdowns. Don't get me wrong, Atlanta's defense is nothing impressive, but like the the just the the constant like um, drive from him to just be great, and you see that like I don't know, you're right, man. That young guy or whatever's motivated him is he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, and he looks like a two thousand fourteen Aaron Rodgers who is definitely capable of of carrying that team literally to to the playoffs and to a potential Super Bowl. I mean, I think the window's closing on them um, just with Aaron Rodgers because, I mean, gosh, no matter how great he is, you know, he can't play forever. Um, right. And, uh, man, I'm just really impressed overall with that team. Adam Jones, like you you said this last week, man, he continues to impress too. He's a guy who doesn't get a, a lot of love. Um, but, man, he he's really been toting the, walk, the rock well too. And that's kind of, kind of slept on by him. I mean, he had 15 carries for 71 yards, but – He's also um, had five receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown. The kid is – he's nice. He's a problem. So, Yeah, I think that people slept on Aaron Jones at the beginning of the year. Um, I, I think that now they're seeing – now, don't get me wrong, you know, him having Aaron Rodgers under center definitely helps his ability to run the ball. But I'll tell you, they you know, even with um, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, that's a nasty one-two punch over there. Um yeah, I really like – I like how they, you know, they just got it grooving over there. I think as yeah. long as their defense can step up a little more, I definitely think they can be they can be contenders. Um, so I have a question for Come you. On. Make it a good one. We have one, two, three, four undefeated yep. left. That is the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. That is the Bills. That is the Packers. And that is the Chiefs. Yeah. Out of those four, who do you think will be the first out of those four to have their undefeated streak ended? Who's going to lose hmm. first? Um, you know, that's that's a good question for me. I'm going to look at week five matchups real quick as I'm here. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I think we look at the Bills playing the Titans. Um, the Titans are undefeated as well, technically. Kind of weird because they had a bye. You don't really think about it. Uh, I think the Bills will will definitely walk through that. Chiefs play the Raiders. I think that's going to be an easy dub. Steelers play the Eagles. Still probably going to stay undefeated. Um, you know, I'll, I forgot the Steelers are undefeated. Yeah, too. they kind of slept on because that bye week and the Titans. Oh gosh, yeah. and the Seahawks play the Vikings. So I really, I actually would say, and this may sound crazy, but I would venture to say that I don't think any of them are at direct risk. I actually will say though, shockingly, the one with, with the most risk is probably the Bills, just because I think the Titans are. Definitely better than the Eagles. The Titans are definitely better than the Raiders, and they're definitely better than the Vikings. Um, so that being said, I think they're actually the most at risk. But I also think that it's not going to happen for them. I don't think. I don't think any of these undefeated teams are going to lose. Um, the only way I believe that happens is if you know something crazy happens. But man, the Eagles aren't beating nobody. That 49ers versus Eagles game was a joke, and it's not even. It was just not going to be a close game. And, and the way the Bills are rolling versus the Titans, um, I think the Titans are coming off rested. So that's interesting. So I guess we'll kind of find out, but I think the Bills are most at risk, but I think that they won't. I think that they'll be fine. They'll they'll walk through the Titans, in my opinion. So then you're Take saying the, the Titans, well, Titans undefeated. That's right. Street. Then I guess in my opinion, it would be the Titans. I think they're most at risk here. So if I had to pick, I'm t- I'm taking a long shot here, but I think that the Seahawks 
actually lose this week. Like you said, there's two undefeateds yeah. that are going to be playing each other. So, granted, one of them is going to, you know, come to an end. But I also think the Seahawks undefeated. I think that they'll be four and one yeah. after this week. I think that the Vikings pull it out. Um, like I said, that's a long shot, but it's just my pick. You know, um, it, yeah. And before we get moving on to, I don't know if we're going to keep info. What's next? But I, I want. I do want to speak to something real quick, though. I, you know, I know, and we know there's a lot of Tampa Bay fans listening here. Um, you know, there's two things that I really was impressed with, with L.A. versus Tampa, and we talked about this, and you mentioned it earlier in the week. Man, two things I take away. One, man, Tom Brady, you know, it, it amazes me that though the older he gets and the, at times I'm thinking like, God, this guy's got to slow down eventually. I mean, his, his ability to stay persistent and get things done, I mean, to throw five touchdowns, um, to come back and win that game because they were they were definitely behind. I mean, we got to remember he did throw that pick, which I think didn't wasn't a pick six he ended up throwing. Um, yeah, he yeah. threw that. I'm pretty sure he's thrown a pick six in the last three, which straight is games, crazy. Fun sure. fact: he's thrown more pick sixes in the last five games than Aaron Rodgers has done in the last like five years or his career or something crazy like that. But, um, but being impressed with that, man, I'm. First thing I want to say is I'm impressed with the Bucks. I think that they might be the real deal, the closer we're getting, and I'm seeing more and more from them. They're continuing to press me. I think that they are going to win the NFC South. Um, I mean, I think they're going to do it pretty easily too. Uh, but another thing I'm impressed with, man, is Justin Herbert, man. And we talked about this. You talked about this. Yeah. You called him the best uh, quarterback coming out of that draft. I remember that. And, and I have to agree that, man, he's – each week I'm watching him play. Last week, you know, kind of – or two weeks ago when he first got in there versus the Chiefs was kind of a fluke. He just got thrown at a game. Um, but watching what he's doing and what he's done, man, he's he's got a lot of promise, and I think he's going to be he's going to have a pretty good and long NFL career if he continues to rock that way because he's just so tall, he's big, he's physical. He reminds me of like a Big Ben uh, with a little bit more mobility, and uh, I think he just has great arm strength. And you're going to get to see we're going to get to see a lot of good years of football coming from him. So I'm really excited about that. Well, he's he's got a swagger to him, and he's got a there's no stage is too big for him it right. seems like like you know even though he played pack granted games, you know, which is amazing <laughs> exactly but he makes throws that he's just going in there and it's just like hey i'm in the nfl guess what i'm still gonna make these throws like he's not scared and i think that's a good thing on the chargers too though because you notice that there's a lot of coaches that when they have a rookie quarterback they will limit yeah. throws no don't throw this no don't throw this no don't throw this and they're letting him step in there and say hey <sighs> You know, sling it around, gunsling it, you know, let the ball yep. fly and let's see what we can, you know, let's see what we got here. And it's working out, you know what I mean? Like it really is sure. working out for them. Um, I do want to point out, Bucks fans, that since Etienne talked good on your team and said that he thinks that y'all are the real deal, you can expect to probably yep. lose this week because if you look back <laughs> at last week – Etienne said that Texas and UCF were his his shocking or surprising. Yeah, they were they were two teams that I was saying it. were surprising me to this point, and I believe that they may be actually decent. I did in my defense not say that UCF was going to be a playoff contender by any chance. I just said it's they're fun and exciting to watch, and they look better than I thought they were. Texas, I did defend Texas to say I think that because of Oklahoma losing, that they're going to come out of that big uh, the Big Twelve. Um, but let's be real. You're right. I did say the Bucks are going to win. Sorry, Bucks fans, if you're listening to this. Tyler Pike, I know you've made it this far. Hey, bro, I'm sorry. 
you guys are going to probably most likely lose pretty bad now. And you guys, I think, play the Bears next week, which would be even worse. Yep, Thursday night. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, so it's <laughs> over for you. Um, you know, I think that Texas is, is done with their shot for even the playoffs. So, you know, is the whole I, Big like 12 said, done, I think Let's there's – I, I don't even – you don't even no, give them can. a bid. It's you know you you just don't. It's gonna be. It needs to be two teams from the ACC, two teams from the SEC, um, and and that's it. Let them play it out because I don't think any other conference has. I mean, the Big Ten's gonna step into it. Maybe you could throw Ohio State in there. Ohio State yeah. will compete. Um, but if Ohio State drops a game this year, I think they're out of it unless like they were to drop it to maybe Penn State because Penn State's you know they're contenders for sure. Um, I think that you will see two SEC teams, one ACC and one Big Ten. I don't think anybody else gets a bid. Um, you know, the quote-unquote best team in Florida, um, make-believe national championship, UCF. Those boys are done for. I'm so tired of hearing about them. Um, you know, at one point I did, you know, I like to see them win. Especially when Scott yeah. Frost was there, it was yeah. fun. But listen, you UCF you're fans, the worst. you ruined it. You killed it. You, you guys, really did. You guys you are guys. like the. You guys are like modern day Catboy fans. Just nobody likes you. Okay, just accept it. Yeah, I I agree with that completely, it's man. Ridiculous. Like I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the top twenty five right now. You know, as we're kind of shifting gears here, man. Like you look at you have um, really three SEC three SEC teams in the top four. That'll change because Florida plays UGA. Um, and we're going to come out on top of that game. And then eventually Florida and Alabama will play in the SEC championship game. And I believe that, man. If Alabama and Florida both make it to the SEC championship game undefeated, I, I 100,000 million percent believe that you have to put both of them into the uh, playoffs. I just – one and four, even if you have to, or three and – you know, whatever, how you want to stagger. You could do two and four or whatever. Anyway, you want to do it to try to stagger it to kind of keep them from playing each other immediately after again. Um, but I just, I just think that that's going to really going to be the reality here because, um, first and foremost, man, nobody's going to stop Florida. I mean, on offense, that's, that defense is really suspect and we know this and we see that, which is interesting, but I think Todd Grantham and I think those guys will kind of get some of that together. I think we need to see some young guys get some more reps, man. I'd love to see some of these guys like Derek Wingo, um, and some of these guys get some reps out there and see if they can make a difference. Um, but man, yeah that it's just kind of crazy to watch Kyle Trask just slicing up defenses with all those weapons he has. Um, and he's getting what Ethan Pouncey back, right? Or Jordan Pouncey, which one is it? And he just got. Yeah. Well, we also, Brad Stewart is going to be back Sweet. this week too. So that's going to help the defense. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction for like the playoffs. We're on episode four of this and you know, what, it's week five of yep. college football. Different people right. are on different weeks. But I am going to say that the winner of the SEC championship yep. will be in the playoffs. Clemson will be in the playoffs. You will have Ohio State or Penn State. The winner of the Big Ten will be in the playoffs. And then the loser of the Florida-Georgia game will be in the playoffs. And the reason I say that is because if you go to play the SEC championship and you were to lose, it's two 
late of a loss in the season. You can't – there's not really much of an argument to put him in. It's just kind of like with Georgia losing, I think it was last year, and they had an argument, I guess you could say, for yeah. why they should be in. But I think that the loser of Florida versus Georgia will win out, and I think that they will kind of creep in, bid, kind of like what happened, you know – Year, a couple of years ago when Florida, I mean, when Georgia and Alabama played each other in the natty. Um, that's my pick for the playoffs. If I had to pick, I think it's Clemson, Ohio State, Bama, Florida. I mean, I'm sorry. Clemson, Ohio State, Florida, Georgia. And there's going to be. Whoa. That's what I think. I think that Florida wow. wins the r- regular season game against Georgia. I think we go on. I think we can beat Alabama. And then I think that Georgia wins out, and I think they unanimously win out. Um, and I think they get a bid. I just don't see anybody from well, the West. The only thing I have to call you out on here for a second is I think you're on crack, bro. Like, I see what you're saying with there, but here's my problem with that. Okay. Georgia has a pretty tough slate, all right? And I think that Florida's going to win that game. But we also got to realize that 10-17 in two weeks – Georgia's playing Alabama. And so you're going to automatically have a tiebreaker there. So that's going to eliminate that conversation of any potential over each other because whoever wins that game is going to have priority. And that's why I really just believe that it's going to have to be um, – I don't know. If, I mean, if two East teams get in, that would be really crazy. Um, but I definitely think that you're going to end up with a um, – I actually think – I think, this is my opinion, call me crazy, but I think Clemson's going to stumble, and I think they may even potentially lose a game to either um, – I think they could – now, I'm not saying they're going to. I think they really could this weekend be in some trouble if they don't come out ready to rock versus Miami. And I don't think Miami's a championship team either. Uh, but I'll also know that I think they, they have a little bit of a threat there as well as they have to still go through and play Notre Dame, which we don't ever know how good Notre Dame is until they play somebody. Um, and so I think we're going to actually end up with – I think you'll end up with a number one – now, I'm calling it. and Call me bias. I don't care. I think you have a number one Florida is my first overall. I think I say that because I think we went out, and I think we won the championship, and I think it's just going to be a problem because here's the deal. Our offense is firing on all cylinders. If our defense just semi-starts playing some defense, we're unstoppable. And you put Florida at one, I think you get Clemson. They'll still win out in the ACC but drop a game that they'll move to like a two, and then you may end up with like an Alabama at three because they, maybe they lose in the championship game. Or if they lose to uh, Georgia, I think their chances are over, period, um, at that point. Because uh, you can't lose that game and lose, a, like you said, a championship game. That's just not going to work. No two lost teams should be in the, the playoffs this year. There's just no way it should happen. And then um, I right. think I, I think you're the winner of the Big Ten. Will either be Ohio State and Penn State. And whoever wins that matchup between them will win out, period. I just – I don't think that there's anyone else there that's a big threat in the Big Ten. Um, I think there's a bunch of false teams that make you think they're that good. Uh, but I don't, I don't believe the hype of, like, Wisconsin stuff. I think it's going to either be Penn State or, or OSU. Michigan – pretends to be great every year, but I just don't believe that they really are. So I, I think that's what I end up with. If you had my opinion, I think you end up with number one, Florida, you end up with a number two, um, I guess you could say number two, Clemson, a number three, big 10 school. And then I think you end up with a number four, um, potential Alabama if they beat Georgia. So I think you end up with two SEC teams. So. Yeah, I think that two SEC teams just due to the, whether, you know, no matter how it goes, I think two SEC teams end up in there unless we end up really beating up on each other over there. 
I didn't realize that number 14, Tennessee, yeah. and number three, Georgia, play this week. That's a fun We'll figure fun out if Tennessee's actually good or not. I think they yeah, and and you will. I think the I think the Clemson and Miami matchup. I'll be honest with you. I think that because of it being a night game, I think because of it being, you know, on national television, I think that Miami can keep it close for maybe yeah. maybe a half, and then I think you're gonna see Clemson come out and just dog walked in the second half. I think that they'll win by seventeen plus points. Um, you know. Uh, that's just the way I'm looking at it. I don't think that Miami's all that great. You know, a Louisville win is not – yeah. that doesn't impress me. They beat up on a, a you know, a little league, <laughs> minor league, whatever you want to call yeah. it, team of Florida State, you know, yeah. a Pop Warner Florida State team that I'm pretty sure that the Hain City Hornets could beat them guys right now – that's yep. a oh, joke yeah, of a and team. I, I agree with that. Um, I agree with that completely. I just – I don't know. I don't want to give – I don't want to look past Miami yet. Um, tell me who you want to win. I'll, I'll pick the other team. I'll pick them so they'll lose. Or, um, Yeah, and that's interesting too because we're going to see Alabama play Ole Miss. So we're going to see like is – what's that defense going to do versus that high-powering offense of Ole Miss because, man, Ole Miss is – I believe their offense is very underrated. I think their win versus Kentucky was a big win because Kentucky is a tough team. Um, you know, and I think people sleep on Kentucky, but you talk about every year. We talk about every year how hard Kentucky plays teams. Um, you know, and you look you look back at that. I think it's gonna be really interesting. I'm I'm actually like, I'll be watching that Ole Miss and Alabama game because I want to see what a passing team can do versus Alabama's defense. I think Texas A&M is is more of a pro style team. I mean, that's just how Jimbo's always coached. He pro, he coaches kind of seems like more pro style teams. You like pro style running backs, um, so he's gonna give you a very like methodical type offense. Um, but I, I definitely think it's going to be really interesting. So we'll see what happens. See, I don't think that Ole Miss is n- necessarily a high-powered offense as much as they are a fast-paced offense. I think that it's very hard to plan for them because you got, again, I've talked about this prior, that you have Corral and Plumley that can be out there at the same time. And it's just a lot of different looks. Like, I think if you went back and watched, like, Ole Miss versus Florida – I almost guarantee they didn't run, you know, the same play more than twice, maybe no more than three times max, just with how much they moved yeah. everything around. I was just like, I feel like as I was watching, I was like, I can't even pick up on this. Um, one more thing within college football. I want you to pick okay. an upset of the week for me. Um, and, I am actually going to go ahead and yeah, pick mine while I'll let you that. look at that. Yeah, I got you, man. Um, so I'm going to pick one, and then I'm going to say another one just because I just saw it. It might be kind of cheating, but you're going to be very shocked go. with my second one that I picked. Um, my first upset is Auburn. I think that Auburn will lose mm. to Arkansas this week. That's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, I, it, I know it, I know, and it's a, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you're crazy for picking we that. We believe in Felipe around here, yada. just not in Florida. <laughs> I, yeah, you can stay up in Arkansas. I definitely think that – I just personally feel like Auburn – just Gus Malzahn, just, I just don't know if he's it. Like, yeah, you know, he won the Natty with Cam, but 
it's yeah. Cam Newton that was on your team. And um, I just think that, honestly, I think that Arkansas really just puts that dagger in them. I don't think it's going to be a, a huge win, but I think it could be one of those SEC games that you we tend to see every year that it oh, comes yeah. down I, to the wire and then I can, I can see ends that up being sure. an upset. And so my one other one, I don't know if you necessarily call it an upset um, because it's a top 25, um, but I think that Virginia Tech. What? North, North, Carolina North Carolina is your week. team. That's your like closet team, bro. I know. I don't even know. If this I is... know, bro. Are I really you do right think. Now? I think that Virginia Tech, I think they get it done. Um, I think that UNC is definitely an up and coming team. I wouldn't be shocked if in the up and you know the next three years, if you see a UNC and Florida playoff yeah. matchup or even a Natty, um, I think that UNC is a very good team and they're catching some definite definite heat. But I just think that Virginia yeah. Tech is going to get it. No, done. I can see that. I think, um, and I'll kind of do this the same thing. I think for me, I think one of the the upset again. I again, is it really an upset? Is it really not? But I actually think. And as much as I said this last week, seeing what I saw this previous week, I think you're going to see Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler come out here and just ball on Texas. I think you're going to see Texas. Um, I think it's going to be a really good shootout, um, but I think you're going to see Spencer Rattler come out top. And, and people got to realize something. Spencer Rattler's so young as a quarterback, and I think he's got a lot of room to grow in maturity and understanding. Uh, but I think as he continues to uh, progress on through the year, I think he's going to continue to get more and more impressive. Um, so yeah, the only reason why it's called an upset is, you know, Texas still ranked 22, uh, they're two and one and Oklahoma's fallen to one and two. And I, and I think that's what happens. I think once Oklahoma beats Texas here, this closes out the big 12 from having a championship caliber team period, because once again, I don't think you can make it with two losses. Um, Texas would have to win out and win out very well for the rest of the season for them to even be considered, I think. Um, so I think I got that one right there. Um, you know what? And this is this is going to be really crazy, and this is going to be my crazy upset, bro. Um, I'm going to take Florida State. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't take Florida State for nothing, boy. Um, yeah. I'm actually, man. I was about to hang up. I know on this you. is crazy, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but I really believe I that Ole Miss going. is going to be a problem for Alabama. I don't know why. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if I'm on drugs. I don't know what is wrong with me. But I seriously believe, for some reason, I'm just high on Ole Miss's offense. And I think that watching, like you said, Plumlee be able to come out there and Corral being able to come out there and just ball out with his legs and move. Um, man, who's the running back, Ely? Uh, yeah, Ely. Man, he's so shifty and fast. And, man, Moore is just, I mean, doing what he did to us. I mean, I don't know. I know that we don't have a great defense, but that's just my opinion on that. I think Ole Miss could come out. And Ole Miss always plays Bama well, too. Um, that's one thing that that I always have realized in the past, it seems. And so that's going to be that, and that's that's what I'm saying there. I'm not even going to pick Miami over Clemson because I believe it's actually not an upset. I believe Miami's just going to beat Clemson, but we'll see what happens. You know what? You see what I did there? <laughs> I think that – yeah, I see what you did there. I think that the Ole Miss-Bama game is very interesting to me. Um, I don't think that Ole Miss beats Bama. Um, you know, I just – I don't see that one happening. Um, I don't think that they have the quarterback. I think to beat Al- to beat Alabama, you have to have an experienced quarterback back there, you know. And they don't have that. They, you know, Matt Corral, Nor Plumley, they're a, they're a high powered offense, but Nick Saban is going to end up piecing that up. But 
I am going to have my eyes on that game just because I want to see how Ole Miss does against Bama and just kind of see, like, you know, it was our defense really that bad or yeah. was Ole Miss just moving we'll find like out. that? Yeah, we'll definitely um, I do have a question for you before we move on. I do. Yeah. You know, and obviously we're both Florida Gator fans and, and our fans may not care and the people listening may not care at all. But I, I do have a question for you. When you're – when you're looking at Florida versus Texas A&M um, and you're getting ready for this matchup, tell me, tell me a player who you think um, needs to step up for us to uh, compete and be, you know, definitely take care of this game. And uh, who's a player that you, um, you uh, expect? No, that's what, that, let's do that. Who's a player you think you expect to really step up for us to really have a good shining game? And, uh, you know, who's someone maybe someone's not thinking about or kind of under the radar that you think is going to have a big impact in this game? I think that the biggest impact for this game, um, it's not someone that I necessarily think that people don't know about. Again, I think that I think that you see Brad mm-hmm. Stewart make his presence known. Now, he's a lot like Khabib when it comes to UFC. I don't hold my breath with him. I wait until the game actually starts. And I see he's dressed out and I actually see him taking snaps just because he finds a way to get himself where he doesn't get to play. Um, but I definitely think that you see him actually come up with two interceptions um, this weekend. And I think that that's going to be the difference maker. And I think that you're going to see Kyle Trask be able to put the ball in the end zone off of those interceptions. Um, Someone that needs to step up that has to step up. Yes, for sure. Marco Wilson. He, he's one that I think has shown me that, his talent has always just run off of someone being on the other side of him, you know, having CJ to help him out. And it's just like, yeah. and he can't, you can't, you can't do that. You know, if you're going to make it to the NFL, you know, his brother is in the NFL. You got CJ who's in the NFL and it's like, you know, you got him struggling. He got moved from right. outside into the star position. And it's like, you know, to me, that's one that needs to step up. Um, those are my defensive players. Um, I know you didn't ask for this, but I'm going to give you offense as well. Um, I think that you are actually going to see Malik Tote Davis the Rock. have a breakout game. I think I think that Texas A&M is going to play a lot of, you got to watch Kyle Pitts. You got to watch Kyle Pitts. And I think that it's going to be a lot more, you know, DB play. And I think that Blake yeah. Davis is going to have a big game. Um, and so someone that I think needs to step up would probably be shorter. Um, you know, I think that our offense as a whole is it's hard to have like a breakout star except yeah. other than Kyle Pitts. Um, but in the receiver, you know, slash running back position, because Dan Mullen spreads the ball out, you know, he gets some boys you know, spreading the ball around. But I think that Shorter needs to step up and show um, why he was a five-star. Um, yeah, I think what you really saw Alabama do really well versus Texas and and him was attack him down the field. I mean, obviously, you look at these receivers, um, Waddle Smith, uh, Mechie, and all these guys. I don't even know if that's how you say it. Mechie. I can't even remember pronounce his last name uh, for Alabama. I um, mean, they had 181 yards, 142 yards, 63 yards. And when I see that, and this is what it tells me, it tells me that, like, um, that 
A&M is going to be uh, kind of weak against those outside receivers. Um, and so what I want to see is, like you said, I think Kyle Pitt's going to draw a lot of coverage. I think this will be Copeland's breakout game. I've been high on Copeland for a while now. I think you're going to see him come out and just really kind of dominate on the outsides. Um, um, and I want to see that from him. I think, I think the one thing that we have seen from Kyle Trask is really good ball placement um, and some really good run after the catch. But, man, I want to see some – I want to see some deep balls, man. I think I want to see some deep balls, some possession catches. I want to see some, man, 50-50 balls. Man, they were talking about that. Most of our receiving core is over like 6'4". Like our receiving core is huge. Um, and I'd like to see some more of that. And I think you're going to. I think you're going to see Florida bully Texas A&M on the outsides. And I think those cornerbacks are going to have a very long day. And that's all i got to say about that. Florida's going to win 42-35. Uh, to 35. Nope, to 32. I think that also, um, speaking on this just for another second, um, I think that what Bama did well was hit hit cross routes on A and M, and I think that you know that'll be utilized. Um, and if we can contain the running back Smith number zero, then I think we'll be okay. But if we can't contain yeah. him, it's going to be a shootout, and we got to make it happen. Um, moving on to the uh, NBA Finals. We got this. We got quick. Them, you, know, you know the Heat versus the Lakers. Yeah, you know. I just want to point out. I just want to point out that our producer slash yep. good friend Connor. He um he was a he was a little sour when the Heat beat the Celtics, and he claimed that the Heat would get swept which I proceeded to tell him would not happen. And I just want to point out that it didn't. Um, and I need the Heat to win one more. And then the Lakers can win out just so I Yeah, can right I think I still got the Lakers in five. Um, to be honest, I, I think that they're just too much. And LeBron and AD have bounced back really, really well after a loss. I mean, it's just what they've done. And I think that you're going to see um, – I mean, the game's going right now as we speak. But I think you're going to see – um, Anthony Davis and um, LeBron James just kind of dominate and finish this thing strong. Um, and that's really all there is to be said to it. I, I think the Heat is a good team. I think they're a young team. I think they have a lot of talent. But Jimmy Butler can't drop 45 every night. Um, I just don't I believe that's too much and unrealistic to ask of him. And um, you're going to need some other guys to, to step up. Um, I, do respect, I do respect the Heat. I get it. They won that game and they acted like the, they won the championship. And, you know, the, their swagger which felt like it was kind of back, which is good for them. But – yeah, I don't want to say more about this other than this. I think, I think we're going to see that the LeBron James and du- um, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, I'm talking old Miami Heat, <laughs> LeBron James and Anthony Davis um, just really manhandled during this game. And I think it's going to be – I think they're going to go up 3-1 here, and I think you're going to see a, a 4-1 series. So, Yeah, I think you need to put some respect on Jimmy Butler's okay. name because well, I think that, that man boy to get a haircut, can drop 45 any night he wants to. He looked like a homeless person. Yeah, I think you need to put some respect on his name. And I think that – I think there's a little hey, bias. Hey, I never said I wasn't biased. Bit, just a little bit. I'm just saying Jimmy Butler so, is – Jimmy Butler's good, but so who else can, is going to help him carry the load, bro? Ain't nobody. Listen. <laughs> okay. All right, bro. All right, if you don't stop with his old 14-year-old so, looking butt. We're going to go – speaking – Unbiased. We're going to go over to our top five. five, And it's 
top five NBA players. Can we go one at a time, or we got to do our own um, list? So, ourselves? start from five. No, we're gonna we'll go one at a time. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna and start we'll give from brief five. explanations why. All right, I'm excited. I, yeah, I'm excited for this. Did, is your number one your number one for I, real, or is it your number one? Okay, no, it's it's a it's a, right, it's a legitimate number one. Well, I'll start us off here. Yeah, Top it's five a legitimate number one. Time. My number five is Larry Bird. All right, my man averaged twenty four points a game for his career, ten rebounds a game uh, for his thirteen season career, and I think like. Larry Bird was the original, like, lights-out shooter. And when I think of him, I just – I mean, as much as I didn't care for him, I always go, like, oh, they weren't that good. The more I watch them, the more I watch, like – I watch the series, the documentary, the last dance, stuff like that, man. Like, those guys were tough, man. And Larry Bird was, was stone cold, and I respect that about him. Like, it wasn't just that he was a, you know, a baller. That man was stone cold. And so he looks like your mailman, but it will drop dimes on you, bro, and I respect that. So I got Larry Bird as my number five. I'm not going to argue with you because, I mean, it's your personal opinion. But I think that you're just along with, like, 90% of every other white person <laughs> that just wants to put <laughs> someone white you in You just made us racist, bro. <laughs> it's just my opinion. So we're going to go my number five, who uh, <laughs> I would love to put as my number one. And if you ask me in real life and outside this podcast, I will forever argue he's my number one. And that's the GOAT AI. Allen Iverson, don't talk to me about saying he's not in there. That bro, you want to talk about MJ. bias? He just picked the most glad. biased pick of all time. Listen, Kobe himself, rest in peace, said that everyone needs to be glad that that man didn't have three Well, you know what? If I had three more inches of height, we'd be playing in the NFL somewhere bro. or bas- NBA somewhere. And you want to talk <laughs> – and let's talk about carrying a team, bro. That man single-handedly, <laughs> all four foot seven of him, said, hop on my back, bro, and carry yeah, that team, bro. All right. I don't want to hear Number it. four, man. My number Top four five. is none other than the man. And I don't get why people don't respect this man. I don't get why people act like he wasn't great. People forget that he's the reason people have championships. And his name is Shaquille O'Neal. All right. That's my number four, man, because... Not only did he just was he so dominant at every freaking position, like in every every any team he played. I mean, he was unguardable. But when you think about it, like he was a big part of Kobe getting some championships. He was a big part of Dwayne Wade getting a championship. And when I look at him and I look at who he is, you know, I can't help but think like, man, dude, he like Shaq is and was the real deal. One of the original, just most dominant players. I mean, dude had twenty three points a game, ten rebounds a game, um, two point three blocks a game. Okay, and um. Man, he was an all-star 15 times and um, earned the MVP in 2000. I think when you look at him, that he is just – he's a four-time NBA champ, three times final MVP. Um, man, you, you, you've averaged a double-double as a center. Come on. Like, let's be real. This guy played for two decades and was just purely dominant. And Like, I don't know. Other than to say he's my number four, I respect it. Shaquille O'Neal, if you ever hear this, I love you. You're really funny, and I appreciate you and your commentary. So, my number four, which I could see people putting him as, as number one. Bill, um, championship My Russell. number four is Bill Russell. Uh, that boy balled out. He played <laughs> back in, like, 1817. 
But the man is an 11-time All-NBA. He's an 11-time champion. The man is just a goat. He's a stud. I don't have anything else to say. I feel like most people probably have him in the top five. You probably hey, don't since I said that. You know what? But as long as you recognize. That's my number okay. four pick. Yep. My number three for me um, is none other, none other than Kobe Bean Bryant. I think like um, I think he's always going to be out, uh, outside the top two conversation just because of who my top two are. And, you, and most people are going to guess it. No, but. When I look at it this way is, man, you average 25 points a game, 5.2 rebounds a game, 4.7 assists. Clearly, that's a low number. You know what I'm talking about? My man don't assist nobody. But, man, he's five-time championship champion. He's dropped 81 points in a game. I mean, you got to look at it like he is one of the greatest scorers. And I'm going to be honest with you, he is one of the toughest athletes I've ever seen, but he's also got the toughest mentality I've ever seen. And, like, it's kind of a shame that he's left us at some of the time he did because I think we were just starting to get exposed to some of his brain and his mind and how he was just kind of doing more talks and encouragement and how, like, his mentality was different. Jason Williams tells a story of how Kobe basically was outworking him before a game, and uh, when he walked away, Jason Williams said, hey, or Jay Williams said, hey, why, why were you shooting for so long? He goes, I saw that you were working, and I wanted you to know that you were not going to outwork me, so I shot even longer. And Man, that's just different. You're built different. Kobe's my number three of all time, and and man, I just I respect the mess out of that guy. So, yeah. So my number three. I already get know ready. You bum. This is gonna bother you. Um, ah. My number three is LeBron James. No. Is LeBron James? I you know okay I get it. Everybody wants to talk about oh he can score. Oh, he can guard every position, one through five. I don't care. I love LeBron. LeBron, you know, was a big part of my younger years with watching him and Dwayne Wade, and I'll forever have love for that man. But number one, he's not as clutch as Jordan or Kobe. You know, he just doesn't have that clutch gene. If he did, he would have taken the final shot instead of Kyrie taking the final shot. you he know, likes to give his kids. Blank. That's he likes to give his kids a chance to of. shine. He would have taken that shot. He, yeah, well, you know what? He should have did it himself. But I get. Don't get me wrong. Him being to the finals as many times as he has, it's super impressive. Um, I, you know, it's ridiculous. He's been there for how many years? But the thing is, is that to me, if you put Jordan or Kobe in there that many times, I think they win much more than what he did. Um, and so I just think that, and a lot of people are like, oh, he didn't have a team. He didn't have a team back in the early 2000s where he took them, but he's had a team ever since. Um, and so to me, I think that he's also, it's ridiculous how he can change a team. He does. I think that he should win MVP every single year. But the thing about it is, is when he gets to that dance, the amount of times that he's been there to the amount of times that he's won it, yeah. it just doesn't sit well with me um, as putting him as, you know, yeah, any and, higher and than I number feel that, three. And I feel why you're wrong, but it's okay. Number two for me is Michael Jordan. 
Man, and Michael Jordan's number two for me just because um, I, I think for me it's different. I think kind of like what you were saying is, you know, I grew up on LeBron. I didn't get to grow up on Michael Jordan, so maybe my mind would have been different. But I also know like watching The Last Dance, I'll tell you I'll tell you the thing about Michael Jordan that I do respect more than any other athlete is, um, you know, he's a guy who wants the ball in his hands and he's the guy who always wants to show up big when things matter. You know, he doesn't just um, – you know, he's never shrunk. Like you said, man, you've been at the championship six times. You win six times, you know. Um, and I respect that for him. He got beat up by some Piston teams that were really brutal and tough on him. Um, the only reason why I don't give Jordan a nod over my first overall is because um, I, I'm looking at overall greatest basketball player. I'm not looking at just score. I'm not looking at just intensity. I'm not looking at just mentality. I'm looking at all the way around. And so that's why that's why Michael Jordan's you know is two for me. Don't get me wrong. Duke can score 30 points per game. He averaged 6.2 rebounds per game. He averaged. 5.3 assists and 2.3 steals. I mean, he was a great defensive player, great shooter. And, dude, I'm telling you, I think if he would have never quit baseball or never quit to play baseball and he would have just stayed doing what he was doing, I think he would – he definitely – it wouldn't even be close. But I think due to some things that happened in his career and um, some things I'll get to in a second. But other than that, that's why I got him at two. I mean, MJ is – he's MJ. And uh, he's, you know, he's famous for Jumpman, and you'll always recognize this symbol, will always be popular. And he's made a fortune off of that. Um, but he's always going to be number two in my book. So I'm going to go ahead and give you number two and number one for me, and I'm going to explain why. Um, and a couple of different things I'm going to break down just to kind of talk about what you just said. My number two is Kobe Bryant, and my number one is Michael Jordan. I get really tired, really sick and tired of hearing people say, Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time, and then they have Kobe somewhere at four and five. Wherever you have Jordan, if you don't have Kobe right behind yeah. him, it makes no sense because they play the <laughs> same exact way. I don't want to hear about that Kobe had Shaq because all these guys, don't get me wrong, as much as I said, like, you know, LeBron took that team early but then had people, Kobe and Jordan both had people as well. Oh, yeah. Point blank. I, Everyone's had somebody. And so, you know, but these two mimic each other. I mean, if you just, it's weird how you can literally play tape where they do the same exact move because Kobe studied him. That's why Kobe's two and Jordan's one is because Jordan originated it and Kobe did it. Now, the reason that I'm going to go against what you said where it's like, oh, you know, all around doing everything, Jordan – had different things where people are like, oh, he's just a shooter, but he, you know, he can't dunk, so he goes and wins a dunk contest. Oh, well, he's a scorer, but he can't play defense, so he goes and gets defensive first team. Like everything that they said that he couldn't do, like they, he goes and dunks on the biggest dude in the NBA, and it's like everything they said he couldn't yeah. do, he just rose above and did it. And then on top of that, he was a real leader, like where he grabbed that team and. Yeah, people probably hated him at practice. I guarantee they hated him at practice. But I think that when they look back at it, I think if you asked all of them, who made you a better person? Who made you a winner? Who made you a better man to this day? I think that all around, I think that 95% of them would say, Michael Jordan made me a better person. Michael Jordan made me a winner. But I'll almost guarantee you that when they talk about LeBron, I don't know if everyone would say that LeBron made them a better player. I think they could say LeBron helped us get there, but I don't think they can say LeBron made me 
better of a person or better of a player. I think LeBron just doesn't have that aura. Whereas yeah. Jordan was like, this is what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, this is how we're breaking out. Like you said, when you watch that, I would, you know, it kind of, I went back and forth where there's times I argued and said, yeah, maybe LeBron could be the, you know, greatest of all time. See, that, and then I watched the last that, dance. That's and the thing, like, too. And yeah, this is no. where I'm like, I'll counter with no. my LeBron compliment here. As you know, obviously, I have LeBron at one. This is, let's go purely basketball wise. And when I look at it this way, is like, dude, he's 6'9, he weighs 250, he's a 40 inch vertical. Um, and man, I know he's won. He's won the. He's won the championship three out of nine times, or six times that he's been there. Obviously, or not three out of six. Sorry, he's won three times, lost six times. So he's won three of the nine, obviously, and that's a blemish. And I get that. Um, the only thing I have to argue with though is the man's thirty-five years old. It's his seventeenth season, and he deserved to be the MVP this year. Um, and I know people are like, he's not even the best player on his team. Anthony Davis is better. No, hear me. Anthony Davis could not make the playoffs without LeBron. Okay. And he was on a team with John Wall, Bradley Beal, and you're going to tell me that he couldn't get there with the team. Like, not the Pelicans, sorry, he wasn't with the Pelicans. I apologize. I scratched that completely. That was a bad argument. But when you, when you, no, but he was with, I remember he had years of years. Yeah, like, I was about to cut it. I was like, he did guys. not he play with some, either of them. A decent team around him. And still, he wasn't even sniffing the playoffs. Every team LeBron's been on goes from, either first to worst or worst to first. I mean, if he leaves the team, the team drops down the toilet. If the team, he joins the team, they instantly become contenders. Um, and when I look at it this way, this is what I have to say about that. Um, if you believe that it's just about basketball, then I look at LeBron and say he could play all five positions. He can guard all five positions. He's not getting bullied by anyone. He is the bully. Um, if you want to make the argument that, well, they played harder back in the Jordan days. They fouled harder and stuff. Well, yeah, also... Did you see the team in Last Dance that Michael Jordan dropped 60 on and he lost that series to? He played a Boston Celtics team with Danny Age, Danny Ainge, Larry Bird, and some of those guys who were all at the end of their careers. They were all very slow, and I don't even know if they knew how to play defense, okay? I don't know if any of them even could jump. Like, let's call it a butt. When you got five white dudes on the court, you got a problem, okay? And so when I look at that, I also look back at the fact that, like, what LeBron's had to play, um, when he had to play arguably one of the better teams of all time, the Golden State Warriors, um, and he's had to play some, some San Antonio teams that were really tough and really hard and well-coached. And this is the rest of my case, man. When I look at this, LeBron overall is done more for his community, and he cares about his community, cares about people. And I push back to say that he is a great leader in a different kind of way. You're right. Michael Jordan's going to push you to be the best you can be um, purely out of grit. Um, but I believe LeBron James is a career prolonger. I mean, as much as people talk about Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, don't call him the big three because Chris Bosh was not a part of no big three. Chris Bosh was little three, okay, because that man was not that great while he was there. But I look at the careers of Shane Battier, um, uh, Miller. Oh, my goodness, from Florida. I forgot his first name. What's his name again? Oh, my goodness. Mike. Mike Miller, the shooter. You look at some of these guys that he took around with him that he was able to prolong their oh, careers. Yeah. And so – that's it. That's all I got to say about it. We can agree to disagree. I, I, I definitely don't see, can't see Kobe being over any possible world, but I get what you're saying about that. That's actually one of the better arguments I've heard is to say you can't have Michael without Kobe. That's why I, probably, that's why I have Kobe at three for me. Um, but outside of that, that's it. I just want to point out, though, one more thing that I want to point out. Um, this is another thing, and I know I keep going back to the clutch gene, but I think it comes down to having that that winning mentality and having the you know with LeBron 
there are two individuals that have taken a final shot that if it wasn't for them, LeBron would only have one championship. And that's Ray Allen and that's Kyrie Irving. If they don't hit those shots, yeah. if they miss those shots, LeBron has one championship right now. And, and that's one out of nine, you know, and that's just, that's just my argument for it. That it's like others had to like, in granted, it's a team. That's why when I did my top five dominant, I didn't pick a team. I didn't pick anyone that had a team. I picked all individual people and people thought it was crazy, but those people did it alone. Um, and that's the same thing though. You know, like again, Jordan had a team, Kobe had a no, team, AI, AI all these guys had a team. team. AI didn't have a team. Just a little side note, but that's there's two shots that were hit that if those shots don't land, you know, again, if Ray Allen doesn't hit that shot, you know, on, on the side of the court that, um, you know, if that doesn't go in, that's a championship that's lost. Kyrie doesn't hit that shot. That's another championship that's lost. And so to me, I think that it's, yeah, um, I feel it, that I'm, I'm that's a big man. Thing. I get it. Like we'll agree to disagree, but so, you know what, that's the beauty of this podcast. Um, but yeah, and that's that's just the way I look at it, and I think that's why I go that way with it. Um, and so, but like you said, that's the beauty of it. Um, I want to point out also at the, we're you know we're at the end of the podcast. I want to point out that um, until the lights go out, it, we are now on Patreon. We have three different tiers uh, to pick from, and. What I want to talk about is how much it's going to be. Um, You know, we have the rookie level, which is a $5 level. We have the veteran level, which is a $10 level. We have Hall of Fame, which is a $25 level. Um, Any of your money that you decide that you want to spend towards the podcast is not going to go in my pocket. It's not going to go in Connor's pocket. It's not going to go in any of our pockets. It's going to go towards different items to be able to help out the podcast, to be able to bring you guys more entertainment, to be able to bring you guys more clothes and different things that we want to do to be able to better you guys and be able to give you guys a better listening, you know, and just a lot more fun to have on here and, you know, just to make it better. Um, So whatever you guys can do, it's greatly appreciated. Um, If you can't do anything, keep Please, please, please keep giving us yep. your, your criticism. Friends. Please keep sharing and, you know, and just listening to it. You know, it means the world, like I said. And so we thank you so much for everything, you know, the shares, the plays, you know, everything. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. Seriously. It seriously John. means the world. Um, Etienne, thank you for coming on, bro. Again, you're always here. Um you know, we I hear a lot of good things about our chemistry. So yeah, man, thanks for having I me. Thank always, you again. Man. It's always you know, so well done. Thanks for coming on. I, you know, love um, talking sports with you. Like you said, man, we do this all the time. So I really enjoy enjoy the opportunity to be here, man. Of course, man. And many, many. Years. And this is something we've talked about for many, many years. And so just to be here now is it's it's pretty sweet. I, you know, it makes me really genuinely happy. Um, guys, thank you for tuning in to episode four. Tune in with us next week for episode five. Like I said, this is just going to continue on. We're going to continue to get better from here on. And love you, man. Thank you guys for having me. You guys take care. Love you, bro.